There is a judgment greater than anything you've ever known. It won't be long Your life will pass by as a vapor And you will stand before the judgment seat of God And every secret deed and thought Every wrinkle, every spot will be in view Before the one who knows all things The Lord of Lord and King of Kings You know the one you never knew While you have breath You have a choice to make in life Turn away from your sin And believe on the risen Christ You can find peace in Him From the judgment That's to come He is the shelter From the coming storm All creation shakes at the mention of his name. Amen. He has power over life and death. Every knee will bow and tongue confess. Heaven and earth will proclaim that Jesus Christ is Lord. To the glory of the Father will you bow. He can save you from the might of all your sin This is the fight in which He stands In perfect victory While you have breath You have a choice to make in life Turn away from your sin And believe on the risen Christ You can find peace in Him From the judgment that's to come from the coming storm While you have breath You have a choice to make in life Turn away from all your sin And believe on the risen Christ you can find peace in Him From the judgment that's to come He is a shelter From the coming storm He's the only shelter from the coming storm. Welcome to Pilgrim's Progress. I'm Ray Greenlee from the National Prayer Chapel. The gospel was making tremendous progress, and the kingdom of God was being established upon the earth. 
the second Pentecost has happened at Cornelius's house, a Gentile, an Italian. Everything is just moving forward, and, and Antioch is exploding with new Christians. Barnabas is going to find Saul or Paul to ask him to please come be his assistant. Everything is is happening so fast and so powerfully. And in the midst of all of that, the devil's representative, we have those today as well, you know, called Janet Yellen or President Biden, men and women who represent the dark powers who are destroying America are lying at every hand. King Herod was of the darkness, and he had arranged for James, the brother of John, to be arrested. The people he saw were pleased by what he was doing. He had James executed. He was executed probably by beheading. The scriptures say he was put to death with the sword. The Jews were very happy. When he saw that this pleased the Jewish people, he said, I'm going to arrest Peter also. If I could take Peter and John out of the picture... Peter and James out of the picture. This whole thing will collapse. So Peter is put in prison. He's guarded by four squads of four soldiers, 24-hour guards. Herod intended to bring him out for public trial after the Passover. the people of God gathered and began to earnestly cry out for Peter's life. They'd already lost James. They did not want to lose Peter. When everything begins to move forward with power, whether in revival or just in righteousness and holiness, and the lost are being brought to Jesus, you can be certain that the representatives of the devil are going to step in and do whatever they can do to stop the advance of God's work. So Peter is in jail. The night before the trial, which would be a show trial and execution, probably all in the same day. There's the most remarkable passage of Scripture. Chapter 12 of Acts, verse 6. Peter was sleeping. (laughs) I like that. Peter was sound asleep the night before his trial, and he expected to be executed. He knew he would die by execution. He knew he would be a martyr. Jesus had already told him this. Peter was sleeping between two soldiers, bound with two chains. In other words, his right wrist was linked to a chain to a soldier who stood beside him. His left, the same. But he was sound asleep. He had taken off his outer garment. He'd taken off his sandals. He was laying on that mat on that hard floor. He was sound asleep, like a baby in his mother's arms. Now, I've been thinking about that and praying about that. And I recognize... that there is a very deep truth being shown 
in the light of God's Holy Spirit. Jesus had spoken about this in the fourth chapter of the Gospel of John when he was dealing with a woman at the well, the Samaritan woman. Jesus, in verse 23, said, Yet a time is coming and has now come when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For they are the kind of worshipers the Father seeks. God is a spirit, and his worshipers must worship in spirit and in truth. See, the hard question. Are you more of this world, the flesh, our body? Not, I'm not speaking here of evil. I'm speaking here of, of this physical body. Are you primarily concerned in your life with taking care of business to preserve this body? To provide food and shelter, transportation, Do you live at a level where your primary concern is entertaining the heart, securing money for food and shelter, taking care of your family? Is that your primary concern? If so, you don't have those strong spirit connections to the Father. And to Jesus. You can go to church for years. You can pay your tithe. You can give offerings. You can usher. You can be a part of the social organization called the church. And have no real connection with the spirit realm. The Father is looking for people who will worship in spirit and in truth. Let's go deeper with this. What is the spirit? Well, man has a spirit. Man has a spirit. And that spirit is the very essence of the human being. Now, he also has a soul. That is, his personality, his intellect. So he has a body, a soul, and a spirit. This hand only does what Ray Greenlee's spirit tells it to do. It is under the direct control of my spirit. Now, the soul has a say in it. But bottom line, the inner soul of Ray Greenlee, you cannot see. You cannot capture on film. You can capture this body on film, on your cell phone. You can capture my personality by listening to how I speak and what I say, whether I'm angry, bitter, judgmental, accusatory, or laid back, relaxed, happy. You can capture all of that, but you cannot capture my spirit. For my spirit is the very essence of my being. It is the executive center. It's where all action flows out of into my voice, into my hands, into my personality. You know, a man can change his personality. How to win friends and influence people. You can go to the lectures. I've seen people make dramatic progress. In fact, I have. I was born a very, very painful, shy introvert. Today, I'm still an introvert, but I have honed my extrovert skills 
so that I can meet the public. I can come and speak here freely to you. I can preach the gospel. All of those were parts of me that had to learn new behaviors. That came about because of what my spirit wanted. Now, some of you have a dead spirit. Not really, but basically, you are totally given to your flesh, to what your body wants, to what your hungers are. The scripture talks about that, the carnal man, the desire of the flesh, sexuality, alcohol, everything perverted from God's plan for for us. Some of you have been so into your flesh that you've made it sick with worry. You've made it sick with, with what goes on in your spirit. So here in John... Jesus is saying the Father is looking for people, not people who worship him primarily out of their physical being. He's looking for people who worship him out of their spirit. That's what faith is. It's out of God's spirit and into your spirit. And when those very difficult times come upon you, you're not primarily concerned about how you're going to get through. You you have trust in the Father. And so you deal with it not in your flesh, not by agonizing in your body, but by making peace with God in your spirit. Remember I read for you yesterday a portion of of Charles Finney's book describing uh, what happened to him when he was converted. And if you look carefully at it, you'll see that what happened to him is he moved out of no longer listening to the control centers of his body, but moving in his spirit into a place of absolute submission to the Spirit of God. And when he understood that he was forgiven, as he confessed his sin, as he repented, as he cried out to God, his spirit settled down and no longer manifest in the physical body. There was no longer anxiety. There was no longer impatience. There was no longer judgmentalism. It was, I'm at peace. True worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. The very identity of Jesus is called truth. And that must be perceived and acted upon in the realm of the spirit, not the flesh. So here's Peter. He's in prison. And his body is laying on the hard mat, chained to soldiers on each side, knowing that the next day he would be put on trial and probably would be executed. He had every expectation that he would die the following day. But he did not rant and rave and toss and turn He just peacefully lay in his body. Why? Because he had direct connection with the Father. He had direct connection with Jesus through the Holy Spirit. And his spirit was at peace, utterly resting. I talk with people all the time who don't begin to understand what I'm talking about. For them, everything is about the job, 
the entertainment, what I'm going to do tomorrow, where I'm going to go, how I'm going to spend my money. Everything is concerning how they function in this physical body. They have no strong ties to the Father, to Jesus. Had you been there in that place, in prison, laying on the hard mat that they would give you, handcuffed with both arms to two powerful soldiers, would you have slept or would you have been awake all night crying out to God? No, we've got to cry out to God before we get into that position. We've got to get that strong connection with the Holy Spirit. Do you have that strong connection with the Holy Spirit? Or are you superficial and shallow and have no real connection with the Father? Peter was in prison. The church was praying. He's sleeping between these two soldiers when suddenly an angel of the Lord appeared and there was a light shining in the cell. You'd think he would have been suddenly wide awake. Whoa, who turned the lights on in here? No, the angel had to gently strike Peter on the side to wake him up. He was sound asleep. How could he have been sound asleep in that condition? Because he had a very strong spiritual connection with Jesus and with the Father. He he did not play his life to friends or family. He played his life in his spirit to the Father who is in heaven. He did not judge himself as most are apt to judge ourselves by how successful I am. Do I have the resources to get that car? Do I have the money to pay for this and that? No. Ooh, I'm going to be evicted from my house. How can I sleep? I'm in turmoil. Oh, everything's terrible. No, it's not. Do you understand? You're going to be faced with that. Many of you are going to lose your jobs. Many of you, as the finances of this world collapse, are going to lose your car or your house. You're going to become perhaps even homeless. Is that all right? Are you willing to be chained between these two soldiers with the expectation that everything that you thought you knew is suddenly crumbling around you and you're going to die? Is that all right? Yes. Yes. There is not anything in this world that should possibly be able to disturb your peace. Well, Pastor, my wife is dying. What are you talking about? Trusting Jesus? I'm about to lose my job. Trusting Jesus? My family's turned against me. Trusting Jesus? I'm about to get fired. My church has turned against me. Trusting Jesus. Do you understand? This is Peter, sound asleep. The church is praying for him. The angel has to wake him up. He's a sound sleeper. Quick, the angel says, get up. The chains suddenly fall, clanking 
on the cement as they hit the floor. I'm sure Peter looked quickly at his guards to see if they had their swords out ready to kill him. But no, they were sound asleep. The whole jail was sound asleep. He was stunned. He didn't know if he was in a dream. He didn't know what was happening. He was awakened from a sound sleep. This brilliant angel is in front of him. His chains are dropping off. The angel is saying, get up, get dressed, let's go. Put on your clothes, put on your sandals, wrap your cloak around you and follow me. And the angel starts to walk out. Come on, follow me, Peter. Peter followed him out of the prison. But he had no idea that what the angel was doing was really happening. He thought he was seeing a vision. They passed the first and then the second guards gates. They came to the iron gate leading to the city. It was locked. It was closed. It was covered with iron. There was no way Peter could open that gate. But the scriptures say it opened for them by itself, and they went through it. When they had walked the length of one street, suddenly the angel disappeared. And he's now standing on that cool street, that cold street. Everything is now dark. It says, then Peter came to himself and said, now I know without a doubt that the Lord sent his angel and rescued me from Herod's clutches and from everything the Jewish people were anticipating. I'm a free man. When this dawned on him, he went to the house of Mary, the mother of John, also called Mark, where many people had gathered and were praying. Why were they praying? Well, yes, they loved Peter. They were praying because they had a strong connection with the Father and with Jesus. And their confidence was in Jesus Christ. But they lacked some faith and some confidence. I'll show you. Peter knocked at the outer entrance and a servant girl named Rhoda came to answer the door. She recognized Peter's voice. She was so overjoyed, she ran back without opening the door and exclaimed, Peter is at the door. You're out of your mind, they told her. When she kept insisting that it was so, they said, It must be his angel. Peter's in jail. Oh, if we as the church could finally give up the physical realm and begin to understand that everything that happens in the physical realm flows either out of the spirit of the living God or the spirit of the demons. The physical realm is controlled by your spirit, by the spirit of God, and by the spirit of demons. And as long as we live in the flesh, thinking that what's important is what I eat, what I drive, what I wear, where I go, then we live in the realm of the flesh. Jesus said, Seek ye first the kingdom of God. That is, seek ye first the authority and the power of God and his innocence, his righteousness. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all of these things that the pagans are running after, food, clothes, transportation, all of these things will be given to you. You don't have to work for them. Just do what the Spirit of God tells you to do. Be connected with the Father. Be connected to Jesus Christ. Be filled with his Holy Spirit.
can I say to you? The transition from the world of the flesh to the world of the spirit is not an easy transition. The the only way you can transition from the world of the flesh to the world of the spirit is by dying. Romans 6, being crucified with Christ, disowning yourself, disavowing yourself, not flowing in what your body wants, in its cravings, in its hungers, not giving in to what the body desires, but walking in the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, connected to your spirit. So Peter, who's knocking on the door, continually they finally open the door, and they see him, and they're astonished. I think the church, if it ever began to see their prayers answered, would be equally astonished. They don't expect Jesus to answer. I've struggled with that. Someone says to me, will you pray for me? Okay, what do you need? Well, I need to be successful at my work. And it's a constant test because I'm in sales. And so if I don't make the sales, I have nothing. And for my health, and as the Spirit allows me, I pray. And instantly there's a change. I have prayed for people who were on drugs and instantly they were released from the drugs. I've prayed for people who are smoking, and instantly they're released from their addiction to smoking. They no longer want the cigarettes. They're done with it. They've been set free. Now, I'm not saying always. I'm saying as the Spirit leads me, as he tells me to pray, not out of my flesh, not out of what I want for that person, but for them to enter into the kingdom of God, to be transformed, to be changed, to be released from Satan's bondage. And he answers. Peter motioned with his hand for them to be quiet. You can hear him saying, shh, be quiet. Let me tell you, I have, to, I have to move quickly. He describes how the Lord brought him out of prison. He says, tell James and the brothers. This is James, the brother of Jesus, who was the head of the church in Jerusalem. And after speaking with them, he left for another place where Herod could not find him, hidden by the Holy Spirit. In the morning, there there was a lot of commotion among the soldiers. These soldiers wake up. They're not supposed to sleep on duty. They wake up, they, they look, and Peter is gone. And they're saying, how did that happen? They make a thorough search for Peter. They cannot find him. The soldiers are brought in before Herod. They're examined. They are forced to tell exactly what has happened. And then in his anger, Herod has has these soldiers executed. I love it when the devil begins to destroy his own. That's not how the Lord works. He forgives. He sets free. He heals. But the devil destroys his own. And I'm always in a place of rejoicing when the devil 
destroys his own. Now, yes, I want them to turn and repent and be saved, but they had not done so. They are servants of darkness. Now, Herod, after all of this, went to Caesarea, the beautiful, beautiful shipping area with beautiful swimming pools and the ocean and luxury beyond luxury. He had been quarreling with the people from Tyre and Sidon. They now joined together and sought an audience with Herod. They secured the support of Blastus, a trusted personal servant of the king, and they asked him for peace because they depended on the king's country for their food supply. Verse 21, this is Acts, the 12th chapter, verse 21. On the appointed day, Herod, wearing his royal robes, sat on his throne and delivered a public address to the people. They shouted, This is the voice of a God, not of a man. Immediately, because Herod did not give praise to God, an angel of the Lord struck him down, and he was eaten by worms and died. But the word of God continued to increase and spread. I rejoice. I rejoice when the evil, who have totally given themselves over to the darkness, are struck down. And the righteous are lifted up, and the work of God commences and goes forward in power. I rejoice. Now, I want to share with you also a brief part of First Peter, the fourth chapter. I want to just read this for you. This is the man who had such strong connections to the Holy Spirit. This is as he's coming to the end of his ministry, the end of his life, where he knows he will die. Chapter 4, verse 1. Christ suffered in his body. Arm yourselves also with the same attitude, because he who has suffered in his body is done with sin. As a result, he does not live the rest of his earthly life for evil human desires, but rather for the will of God. For you have spent enough time in the past doing what pagans choose to do, living in debauchery, lust, drunkenness, orgies, carousing, detestable idolatry. You know what carousing means? I didn't for a long time, and I finally looked it up. Carousing parties where there is loud jesting and laughter and drinking. And as the alcohol goes down, the sound level rises. A couple years ago, I was invited to a very prestigious New Year's Eve party, a very expensive party. I was not charged. I was a guest. And after dinner... People started drinking. They got up to dance. The whole place became shouting and singing and expression of of evil. I got up from the table and walked out because I could not be a part of an orgy of drunkenness, of lust, of debauchery, of carousing. 
detestable idolatry. They think it strange that you do not plunge with them into the same flood of dissipation, and they heap abuse on you. I left the party before they could begin to heap any abuse on me. I knew most of the people who were there. I had spoken to many of them about the gospel of Jesus. Some would have called themselves Christians. But have you been in a party like that where the shouts are loud, the jokes are loud, the laughter is hilarious? It reminds me of Belshazzar as he partied with with his beautiful concubines and prostitutes and his generals and his high-ranking officials until the hand wrote on the wall and said, you're weighed in the balance and found wanting. This night you will die. Judgment is pronounced against you. You have desecrated the golden goblets from the temple. Verse 5, but they will have to give account to him who is ready to judge the living and the dead. For this is the reason the gospel was preached even to those who are now dead, so that they might be judged according to men in regard to the body, but live according to God in regard to the spirit. Do you hear what I'm saying to you today? I want you to live in the spirit and not in the body. Yes, we're in a body, but I don't want you to live in that body as as the wicked do. Peter is saying, for this is the reason the gospel was preached. I preach the gospel to you day after day after day, and many of you are utterly resistant to that gospel. You're not going to sacrifice your bodily comfort to come and be at the National Prayer Chapel if you're in the Washington area. You are full of your own comfort I want you to worship God in spirit and in truth. Not where the fancy building is. Not where the decadent music is played in the sanctuary. Not where the pride of man is on display. Not where a man stands and speaks in such a way that he's in danger of being eaten by worms because of his pride his arrogance, not giving glory to God, but giving glory to himself and his own pride. Verse 7, the end of all things is near. Therefore, be clear-minded, self-controlled, so that you can pray. Above all, love each other deeply because love covers over a multitude of sins. Offer hospitality to one another without grumbling. Each one should use whatever gift he has received to serve others. That's the very heart of this deal. We serve others in our body and we submit to God in our spirit. Faithful, faithfully administering God's grace in its various forms. If anyone speaks, he should do so as one speaking the very words of God. That's why I don't come on this radio broadcast and tell jokes. I I don't come on and talk about inconsequential things. I don't come and, and talk about politics. I talk about things that are serious. I talk about the gospel the real gospel of Jesus, where a man is crucified with Christ. Verse 12, dear friends, do not be surprised at the painful trial you are suffering, as though something strange were happening to you, but rejoice that you participate in the sufferings of Christ, so that you may be overjoyed when his glory is revealed. If you are insulted because of the name of Christ, you are blessed, 
for the spirit of glory and of God rests upon you. If you suffer, it should not be as a murderer or a thief or any other kind of criminal or even a meddler. However, if you suffer as a Christian, do not be ashamed, but praise God that you bear that name, for it is time for judgment to begin with the family of God. And if it begins with us, what will the outcome be for those who do not obey the gospel of God? If it's hard for the righteous to be saved, what will become of the ungodly and of the sinner? So then, those who suffer according to God's will should commit themselves to their faithful creator and continue to do good. In other words, don't sink down into the lowness of the flesh's desire to be patted on the head and and loved and recognize you are going to suffer. And we are entering a time in America when there will be great suffering on every hand. There'll be the loss of our money because they're going to bring in a new coin, a new currency. And it will be the currency of the rising power of Antichrist. Oh, they're going to call it a digital currency. No, it's just a currency of the devil. It's not God's way. It's the devil's way. The power of darkness is taking over America. We are going to see the total destruction of this nation. It will be shamed before the world because of its arrogance, because of its wickedness, because of its lawlessness. And where will you be in all of that? Are you willing to suffer for the name of Jesus Christ, or will you join the horde who will lie and cheat and steal? My brother, my sister, I want you to walk in the Spirit. I want you to walk in the Spirit in such a way that all of those around you will see your humility. They will see that you are not proud, that you have humbled yourself under God's mighty hand, that you trust him to open the doors that he chooses to open for you for ministry, that he will choose for you what he wants you to accomplish. Stop going out in your own flesh power and trying to do something great for God. It won't work. I'm one of those who is patiently waiting for God. I'm not going to go out and try to hire a building and rent a building, get a lease and open a a church. I'm not going to do that until the Holy Spirit tells me, now's the time. I wait on the Lord. It's not my agenda. It's not my... I don't need to try to pile brush together and build a great edifice if I have no power to light that brush on fire. Do you hear what I'm saying? I've tried as hard as I can try. The Lord said to me, I'll do more in one day than you could do in your whole lifetime. And then he said, now wait on me. Wait upon the Lord. The Lord will carry you through. Enter my rest, Ray. I obey the word of the Lord. I don't light my own fires. I continue to do this broadcast because he has ordered me to do so. Frankly, I am utterly exhausted in my physical body. And the first part of April, I'm going to take a couple of weeks to just get away and pray and read the word and rest. I pray that while I'm away, you'll be faithful with tithes and offerings so that we won't be taken off the air. But it's in God's hands. It's okay with me if we go off the air. If that's the will of God, that's what I want. 
but I'm clear it's not the will of God, and he is going to move in power to provide while I'm gone. There will be broadcasts. Brother Ed has chosen the best. I trust what he's doing. I trust what Jesus is doing, and I trust what you're doing. And I'm going to walk in the Spirit. (laughs) You see, you come to a place where you don't have anything to prove. You just have a master to be faithful to, to walk humbly with, to be connected in the Spirit of the living God. That's what it's about. Walking in obedience to the Spirit of the living God, being filled with His righteousness. Well, we're out of time for today's broadcast. Tomorrow will be a day of prayer, and you're welcome to come and pray. You can write to me at the National Prayer Chapel, Post Office Box 2346, Woodbridge, Virginia. Linda, your offering came yesterday. Thank you. I'm praying for you. I'm Pastor Ray Greenley. If you'd like to write and share your testimony or write and send help for this gospel work, you're welcome to, if the Holy Spirit moves you. Two minutes. And you're also welcome to go to our webpage, nationalprayerchapel.com. nationalprayerchapel.com. You'll find a little delay in the YouTube videos. Um, Brother Ed is out of town. His mother has just sold her home and moved to a, a place she can manage. She's getting up in years. She would not be happy to hear me say that, though. <laughs> but Brother Ed and his wife Song are there helping her unpack the house. They moved yesterday. Pray for him and for song as they're away. And my brother and my sister, pray for me. And thank you for each of you who who write, who call, and who give. Thank you for those of you who pray. I'll talk to you soon. God bless you. of his glory with great joy with great joy now unto him who is able to keep you from falling and to present you blameless before the presence of his glory with